Welcome to Conversations in Time, a podcast brought to you by Joe Malone London and British GQ, discussing mental health and general well-being. Open conversations about real-life experiences affecting us past, present and future. Hey guys, welcome to A Conversation in Time, an incredible podcast series brought to you by GQ and Joe Malone London. I am Camille and today we have the incredible Amenike. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Listen, you know you are my boy. Like we are like, I feel like musical besties, aren't we? If we are, we have a fucking great time. We I mean, do. We can, I don't know if that, I don't know if we, we're beeped in this, but I, you know, me and Camille, <laughs> when we're in the studio, it's very much yin and yang. She's just oh like, gosh, I've yeah. got this idea, go like this. I'm like, okay, I'll go like this. And then we yeah. just, thankfully, we really compliment each other and we've made some some real bangers together. We have. We've made so many bangers. But, do you know, honestly, I think when I was thinking about who I wanted to talk to for this amazing podcast, I just thought you were the perfect person because not only are you a black person like me, but you have faced so many things as well yourself through this industry. And I just thought you'd be the perfect person to get into it with. Well, babes, let's get into it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. So as you guys know, Amenike is an incredible musician, songwriter, producer, vocal producer. He's an artist in his own right. He's everything. He's this amazing songwriter, as you all know. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into the industry? Well, um, <laughs> now I got into the industry... Uh, you know, from MySpace, to be honest with you, it was MySpace. I put some music up on MySpace as a 14-year-old and I got discovered by all these, uh, you know, publishers and all these industry people were coming into my house and it was, like, really weird. Wow. And... <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was just giving them all this coffee and all these drinks and she was like... Okay, wait, wait, wait. They just... Did they just show up to your house? Literally, like, are you serious? Well, you know, we'd, we'd set up meetings, you know what I mean? They'd come okay, over okay, yeah. and, and I was I was like a child. So wow. they, had to, they had to meet my parents. Wow. And so uh, we do that. And I basically, I signed my publishing deal, my first publishing deal when I was 14. And it kind okay. of was from then that I was like working uh, every weekend or every half term. And then when I'd finished secondary school, I was doing it full time, thankfully. That is wild. Yeah. Like from 14, that is such a young age. Like how did you, I don't know, were you not thinking about your schoolwork and your friends and stuff? And how was it such a focus for you at such a young age? I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> Cam, I, I actually have no clue. I just felt, I always had like a one track mind. Yeah. And I always just had a feeling. I mean, I I, I wasn't crazy about school and I wasn't the mate. Like, I wasn't too fond of like, the, the dynamic of me, you know, going to school every day and knowing exactly what I want to do mm. and feeling like held back by it because I was in like, whatever it, it was, what it was. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just always had a one track mind. I always knew that I wanted to do this and I'm very, I'm happy I get to do it and, and make a living from it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. not everyone has that opportunity. I try not to be, um, I try to be, grateful and not to take it for granted oh my gosh I think that is the ultimate thing about what we do is not taking it for granted because it's so difficult to get into this industry isn't it like even for me I feel like coming from a financial background like 
And you know, you know this, like I started out as a stockbroker and I wasn't yeah. even in music, right? And I just literally one day left my job. I feel like everyone knows the story now because it's such a funny story. But I just left my job one day and I knew I wanted to be in music. But I think the similarity between us and everyone I think who is making a career out of this in this industry is a choice. Like mm. at some point you would have had to make a significant choice that this is what you're doing and... Because you have to sacrifice so much, right? Yeah, I mean, you... you. Uh, I guess it depends on what you see as a sacrifice. It depends. Right. I guess, yeah. like, I was, I was really young. And I think that when I was starting out younger, I, I was totally fine, you know, just, like, working. And then I had the one-track mind. But I think I, mm. around the time I was 17 or, or in my teens, there were definitely pockets of loneliness that I felt because um, I was always the youngest in any setting that I was in professionally, you know what I mean? I was always, like, the baby. So I never, ever felt like I had many proper, like, friends or people that I genuinely connected with. Um, uh so then, I mean, that mm. thankfully that gradually changed and I, I got more in the industry and, and found my footing. But initially I was I was a bit lost. I was coming straight out of school and going straight into the studio, like trying to make songs and make a living. Yeah. Um, so that can go one of two ways. Manike, if people were to look at the amount of songs you have contributed to, you have written, you have made, it would be just blow them away so how do you want to inspire other people with that i mean i don't know i feel i th i personally think that the the thing of making music for me like it was such a selfish thing it was definitely something that was for me to feel worthy and to feel like important because i didn't always feel important doing other things I felt like I always had like a, a purpose making songs, you know, and in any yeah. stretch of the imagination. And so something that starts off as a, a selfish endeavor, you know, when you start releasing stuff or writing stuff that comes out, you see how it affects people. You see how it uh, changes people's lives and mindsets and mm. uh, makes people's days, you know, and you get so many messages and, you know, I, I, I've been so thankful to to write songs that really uh, resonate with people, whether it makes them dance, whether it makes them cry, whether it makes them just really happy. Like, I think that's mm. really dope. And I, uh, I guess I, uh, the way I want to inspire people, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's dope to make music, being the person I am, being black and queer and, and right. I want to. I want that to be something that isn't a thing of me being the last person doing what I'm doing, being a black queer man, right. making uh, from the UK here, making hit records for anyone and everyone. Um, right. I, I think it's it is possible, and I think that it, I guess what I've done is a testament to that. Well, do you know something that seriously inspired me through one of the lowest points in my life, lockdown. Last year was your song with Joel Corey, Head and Heart. Can you just understand how that brought us all out of such a dark place? <laughs> this song was so huge. I know everyone listening to this podcast knows this song. You all know this song, right? And I just want to ask you if you understand what that did for us. Do you understand? Do you understand what that did for us? No, look, I... I 
I do see it. I mean, it came at such a crazy time. <laughs> I, I heard Trust this song. Me. I heard this song in the beginning of lockdown. And I was like, well, I ain't doing anything else. So <laughs> let, let me, you know, <laughs> let me sing it. Right. So I sang it and I love and I loved the song when I heard it. I was like, the second I heard it, I knew it was a hit. And so I contributed to it lyrically in a few spots because I knew that those bits that I just I had to do my own way right. and uh, yeah I mean the song ha- has been very like a positive thing for people and I think it that's has. that's cool you know what I mean I think that's really amazing and Joel has been so amazing to do it with because he's such a positive person he I don't is. think I've ever seen that guy frown or have a sad <laughs> face I ain't seen he's the so TV sh- I ain't seen the TV show but I've I've never seen him sad or never. have a he's always smiling and so that energy in itself is like oh you know everything is it can be great you know and I think yeah it's great that this song made everyone else feel amazing. I think it was a weird time for me, mental health wise and just like life. And also we were just in the middle of the pandemic. So it was a bit like there was never any certainty or uh, steady ground uh, for, for me in that period. But I was happy to have a song that was getting played on the radio everywhere. And people were sending me lovely messages saying that it was getting them out of bed you know it was incredible I think you don't even understand as well as my friend to see and hear you everywhere in that way it inspired me to get out of my bed like I I was so down like everyone probably through the last you know year or two I feel and that. imagine imagine hearing your friend just making you feel good on the radio every two seconds I was just like it was like a sign from God to work and to get back up and I've never told you that but it really it really changed my life last year um, more than you even know. <laughs> so I'm getting a bit emotional. Oh, but bless you, Camille. <laughs> just seeing my friend do so well, you know how much love I have for you and for everyone in this industry that I know because there's just so few of us, especially black creators in this industry, there's just so few of, few of us, you know. Mm. Um, and that's one way I definitely want to inspire others. As a black woman, I feel like I have a responsibility to try and help other women, not only black women, but women in particular, because we're just so, I don't know, we're just not really supported. And there's just not much presence, I think, for black women, especially in music in this country, from artistry to production. And one of the things I'm doing to help inspire others, like I'm working with a lot of female producers right now, I only realised that I was a producer through making songs and realising I was doing much more than I knew. Do you know what I mean? I I had to teach Mm -hmm. myself that. And we've spoken about this and you've always encouraged me to produce. And you've always been someone that as a man, you've always helped me realise the talents I had as a woman. And that's something I want to spread with other women everywhere so and it's something that you do i mean look even even in the songs that you write you know you you make music that is intentionally to bring women together and to lift women up you know you yeah guys, yeah it's it's a purpose like like it's it's not uh coincidence or accidental you know you've always lived by that clearly Aww, so thank you, i and and you know we were just doing the she is music thing together yes um which was obviously you bringing in, you know, female producers and getting them in the room with people like us and Fred and Ray. And uh, it was great. It was amazing to be amongst all that talent. And, 
it's a shame how much of a muscle is put on women who want to be behind the desk. Because I think it's amazing. I, I mean, I'm always going to listen to a woman. You know what I mean? But right. uh, that, that's how I've always seen it. I've always just been like, amazing. Like, what, duh? Like, I, there's all these men here. And it's like, why isn't there like a woman, like, ma- you know, making the track? And cu- I, they're just, you guys are so full of this. amazing ideas, you know? This. And so I, I, I personally stand by that. And I think, you know, Camille, what you do is incredible. And I think, I've always uh. I've always been a fan you know that and oh. like we're always if you see our t- like if anyone is listening if anyone sees <laughs> our text exchanges right <laughs> you'll see that it's really just a back and forth of us bigging each other up and just Literally. saying you know wow Camille you had to do it again <laughs> on that on, on that one young melody here at honestly, 2 minutes 32 like honestly I, when songs come out we're like oh my gosh babe what did you do like you absolutely snapped that's literally our whole text chain is us just big but this is what I mean I think it's about elevating each other and celebrating each other because there's just not enough of that there's not enough of that and I love the energy you've always given me and that's why I'm just so I just cling on to you when I see you in a room I just run over to you and I'm so happy because you're just that person for me but let me tell you let me ask you something have you faced a lot of discrimination in the music industry what's your experience been i mean discrimination i think there's been a bit of discrimination in certain pockets and there's been a a bit of um I don't know. I think it's tough because it's not yeah. like I'm one minority. I'm I'm right. two minorities. And so if right. I haven't been told to be, you know, there was a point in my career, I think when I first started releasing solo material, like years ago, you know what I mean? I was coming out in full African gear. Like I wanted to come head. <laughs> yes. Look, I said, I said head to toe, like shirt wow. and trousers, like coordinated. And I said that I want to really do like dress and, and uh, pay homage to my culture you know I'm right. Nigerian and I've never had an English name so I was like what am I do-? and I'm not going to dress like whatever so <laughs> I I did that and That's I got draw right. I, I got drawback from it you know what I mean so it was like okay I'm I'm being too black and then it was you know but what does uh, that even mean? What does too black even mean? It's so bad to even hear that. I understand where it comes from. It doesn't mean I I uh, agree with it. But yeah. I think at, at that point in time, it was like, cool. That's, I guess that's what we're doing. And then right. it was the thing about, you know, my gayness. And I think there was a conversation about me probably being less overtly queer in my visuals um, by like a past management team. And look, it is what it is. I understand that it doesn't make everyone comfortable if I'm out here being who I am, uh, which is a minority in both corners Mm. of the sense. But Mm. uh, at some point, something has to give. I mean, I don't think I have any regrets per se. you, You just have to be who you are. But there'll be people who make you feel weird or less than for things that you can't help. You know, I mean, these are things that are very much just people's fabric and whatever chaos that involves uh, the way I dress, who I am, uh, is all a part of who I am. And it it adds to what I do, which is apparently what people love, which is the music, you know. So, um, you know, I don't I think I've been able to brush it off of me and just get on with it because I mean, people are always going to talk. I don't have I understand that being in the uh, the public 
eye gives you the um the presence it gives you okay cool i'm here to be critiqued mm-hmm. and talked about and all of that yeah. it can get hard sometimes though it listen we've spoken about I mean, how about you well this is something i've spoken to you about haven't i in terms of like you know how i've been feeling sometimes just so down and therapy and i know we've spoken about that together because some days you just literally feel like you just cannot like i just sometimes wake up and i'm just not I don't know. I'm just feeling so, so terrible. And it's the anxiety that this industry can bring. And not every day are you going to be strong. And not every day you're going to be able to just, you know, do your tweet and do your Instagram post and just get on with your day. Sometimes it really affects you. And that's why I think it's so amazing that GQ are here doing this because especially within men, there's so much issues with mental health, let alone with women. I know the statistics are horribly skewed towards men when it comes to mental health in terms of you know the negatives that they can face and I think honestly for me the discrimination side that I've faced I've been able to brush it off however it's even more present to me as I'm now embarking upon like my artist stuff I just can sense it a lot more than ever before and it's just because I don't see a lot of black women being supported I just don't see it if I was to see it I would feel a lot more inclusion and a lot more equality I guess in what is right at the top of the you know of the the chart and right at the top of like always been played on the radio but you know if I was to play some radio stations put them on for an hour I don't know how many black women I would hear sure and and that's something that not only is sad but it's something that I guess inspires me because I think like you I've tried to use discrimination or use kind of the lack of presence of black people as something that's going to drive me, something that's going to make me even stronger, make me even more determined, you know? And mm-hmm. I guess it's just sometimes how we choose to see it. It's very much there. It's not something that I'm going to let destroy me, something that I'm going to let empower me and help me to not give up, right? I guess. I mean, yeah, uh, you, you don't think, I mean, you're not going to end this, right? You're, you know, that's the thing, like... <laughs> It, what what else are you supposed to do it's, it's unfortunate it's really unfortunate and it's really frustrating but if it does anything yeah it should do it should be determination it should give you determination yeah. a fire you know 100%. to keep going 100% like how important do you place I don't know mental health in your in your everyday how are you in terms of how you carry your day and how you protect your mental health. Well, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like mental health is a beast of itself. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I've had bouts of depression and, uh, you know, feelings of loneliness over the years. And I think that stems from a lot of things, you know, and I've just recently started therapy to uh, look into all of that. Uh, but look, it can be really hard to feel like you can, uh, talk to anyone about it or feel like anyone really understands because sometimes those feelings aren't all the way audible. You know, I, I find that, uh, you know, when it came to music, I always found it as a language I could very easily, like, communicate through or, like, express something through. But then as far as, like, uh, every other medium of communicating, I probably have struggled a bit. Mm. Um, and I I don't know. I feel I'm, 
I I grew up very fast in the industry and I had to see a lot of things and I had to work really hard, you know what I mean, to get to where I'm at right now. And I feel like I missed out on maybe a few things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's not to say that I'm not blessed, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I'm very grateful for what I've been able to achieve. I just... Um, there's some bits of sadness that you just can't let go of, you know, and there's no amount of money or success or accolades that can uh, fill that void. Um, Mm. And not everyone understands that. Everyone is like, well, you know, you're doing really well. You've had a really successful 2020. Why would you ever be depressed or in a a bad state of mind? Well, it's very easy. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's extremely (laughs) easy because all that stuff, while very great and, and amazing I don't always feel responsible for it I feel like it's mm. like cool well that's that's a thing in itself that the song has done well I've I did a good job being a part of it but the the song itself is the product you know mm-hmm. I'm not doing well <laughs> like I mm. I at the time I was I wasn't the happiest I could have been you know mm. but um but I feel you there's as far as men talking about mental health you know Think about the men who actually have talked about it. And that is always going to be in the minority of the men who are actually going through it. Yeah. You know? It's so sad. It's really sad. It's so sad. I always, I think since the kind of more exposure, I guess, around men and mental health, I really make an effort to like speak really deeply with the men in my life. Like, including you, including my fiance, my dad, my brother, my brother-in-law, like, and they sometimes think I'm mad because I'll sit down and I'll be like, how, how are you? How are you today? And they're like, fine. Do you know what I mean? But I will sit there and it's try weird. and drag. <laughs> Cam, it's weird. Like, no, it's really weird because we're not raised to talk. I know, but this we're raised is a to problem. listen. This is such a problem. Why are you any different to a female who has feelings and emotions? We're all human, and uh, you're so right about that. It's something we're raised, you're raised to do as a man, and that's why I feel like we as women need to also take some of that on board and take responsibility for looking after that aspect of men's mental health as well as they need to check in on ours. But because you know, it's not it's not even a weird question to ask. It's so right? it's so simple and and just like, oh, how are you? And How some of, you? and you know, the sometimes when it comes to dads and their sons, like it's just not really about how they're feeling. It's about what are you doing, like what, where mm. are you going, and and like what is next. And you don't even have a second to actually process your feelings. You're too busy just doing. I so I, yeah, it's a there's a lot to unpack on 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 that ye chestnut. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Do you know what? I think one thing that I'm realizing in terms of well-being, how important it is to surround yourself with people who give you good energy. And I know this sounds like such a basic thing. And I know we all think we're doing it. But are you really doing it? Is you really doing it? Like, yeah. I have literally put this into practice in my life when it comes to even something like making music, bro. Mm you know I only work with you and probably two other people or three other people because I just decided I just want to be around people who are going to give me good energy today. That's it. Like, my mental health is in such a rocky place sometimes that I need to know I'm going to turn up to work and 
Amenika is going to be there. He's going to make me smile. He's going to make me laugh. He's going to ad lib and just make me laugh. Like that is the energy that you need around you. <laughs> do you feel that way as well? Because I know you've got a really tight circle. Like, do you really cherish the small circle at the moment? Oh, I mean, I I cherish my friends. You know, what I mean, I I I know who I consider my friends, and I have enough friends. Right. You know, right. that I don't need to like consider everybody my close comrade or anything like that you know we're all exactly we all love we all love each other it's fine but i um yeah i i i pay attention to all of that you know i really mm. i really think that uh who makes you happy and who uh gives you that energy and gives you that positivity that you need is and you i think Okay, so, so, so walk with me with this, yeah, Camille. You know, like, when mm. you're working with people and you talk to people and mm. you're almost being, like, a therapist, you know what I mean? I feel like when we're writing <laughs> these songs, we're, we're kind of being therapists, so we're really collecting and learning about energy. Like, we should be... Yes. We should have PhDs as, as we therapists. Should. We Maybe. should. But, you know... <laughs> It's like that is a that is a thing. So even when it comes to friends now, as practice of receiving energy, learning energy, you know, mm. I try and practice that on every friend I make or every person I meet. I don't need to be your friend right away. We can I can just I can just learn about you and be like, cool, okay, this is what we're working with, you know, right. and right. Uh, and I I protect myself that way. I think that is healthy. Right. I don't I don't think it's healthy to you know we can we can love everybody send positivity but it doesn't have to be this thing of oh you're my best friend now oh my gosh do you know how many (laughs) friends i feel like everyone i'm telling you yeah over the last and it's again through the pandemic this panoramic (laughs) has caused so many friendships to cease i feel like everyone i speak to has either lost friends they're distant with certain friends that they used to be super close with it's happened to i think all of us but I feel like it's been like a cleansing in your life. If it's not just, I don't know. Uh, Natural selection. It is, though. Honestly, it is. And it's part of our well-being. I feel like you've been forced to just stay in your house. So it's only going to be the people that are super, actually, the ones checking in on you, the ones that want to make sure that you're alive, literally. Those are your friends now. And I think coming out of this now, I've had a completely different, I guess, viewpoint on friendships. Like for me before it's very different and now I'm very much more like do you know what anyone who's given me that love I'm going to give it back to you tenfold and I'm not going to just share my love and give my love out to everyone like I always do because I'm too generous I am too generous and that can be really bad for your mental health because after a while just like you're not getting back what you give and it's really depressing and that's something I definitely want to say to everyone listening, just to protect the love that you have and don't spread it out willy-nilly, boo. Just keep it really safe. Keep it locked for the ones that are checking in on you. Keep it cute. With the ones who went to lunch with you al fresco when you couldn't go inside to eat and you had to eat in the rain that is the friend the friends that tell you you've got a bogey in your nose the friends that tell you you've got something green and ashy up in your teeth yeah, yeah they're that, trying to see you those win. are the friends they're trying to see you win like amenike is for me and like i am for amenike and i just have loved having this conversation in time with you has this been an amazing conversation in time for oh, you no, I always love talking to you <laughs> so this is actually very easy work <laughs> and Ooh. also just a joy and a pleasure 
Oh, my babes. And I I've love you loved so. it. I love you so much. And I want to thank GQ. I want to thank Joe Malone London, two of my favorite companies who have joined up to create this incredible podcast series. So thank you so much for having us. Any last words, babe? Um, everybody take care of yourselves. Life be life, then. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you, guys. Take care of yourselves. We love ya. Alright, bye. bye. This has been Conversations in Time with Joe Malone London and British GQ. For more conversations, find us on ACAST. <laughs>